There's a speed limit in this state, Mr. Neff. 45 miles an hour. How fast was I going, officer? I'd say around 90. But what about us? Memories. You're talking about memories. Good, now have a drink. I don't want anything of his or any part of him. Except his life. I wonder if I know what you mean. I wonder if you want Played it for her, played it for me. I lived a few weeks while she loved me. Waiting for a lady. Someday you'll understand that. Got some news that's gonna take a lot of attention off you and Laura. Stop it, Dix. I can't take any more of it. I should be in uniform. You know the story? My story. Maybe because he was drunk. Maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, but soon and for the rest of your life. Well, I'll give her the message. I'd never sleep all over America. Welcome to the Speakeasy Noir Cast, a podcast discussing film noirs of yesterday and neo noirs of today. Each week, we will deliver a discussion and analysis of classic and neo noir films, all mixed in with our unintelligible banter. Your hosts for the show, Carly Street and Jason D. Morris. Um, I don't know. We'll think. You just need to think of exciting things that you might have done. Yes. Every every in hour. That, in that hour <laughs> past. <laughs> I think you do. I think you need to think of exciting things that you did. You, you went and did <laughs> something and you made whatever the hell a limb sip is. I did. And that's fascinating. And we need to talk about what exactly a limb sip is. You don't know what a limb sip is. Oh, you can ask. I'll t- what? I haven't got it. I haven't got a clue what a limb sip is. I'm not even sure if I'm pronunciating that right. Yeah, it's like limb. No surprise. It's like limb sip. Like lemon and then sip. Lemon sip. Yeah, lem sip. Okay. Yeah. And that would be what? It's like, you know, like when you've got a cold or a sore throat, then they have mm-hmm. like this powdery, uh, like a powdery sachet of like crushed up crap. And it's like, I, I think it's like lemon, paracetamol, something else. And you mix it with hot water and you drink it. It tastes like garbage, but it gets you through a day. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. I see. Well, I made I like the hot water version. and lemon. Yeah, I, I, it's kind of what I made, Lily. I made my own. I crushed up some paracetamol and some lemon, some hot water, and some honey, mixed it with a spoon. Okay. Now, yeah, I understand that. You don't have All a lemon. Right. What do well, you have instead? Now- What's that? What do you have instead of lemsip? Or is it just a lemon? I'm. I'm not sure. I guess um, like if your throat is bothering you, some people will put like, you know, warm water and lemon uh, or even honey um, or I don't know, NyQuil, DayQuil. What? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you know what NyQuil or DayQuil is? No. Oh, really? That's interesting. It's just a, it's like an over-the-counter medicine that makes you feel like you're on drugs. <laughs> It's, it's nice. like taking a shot out of alcohol. If you take NyQuil, man, it'll knock you out. It's like it's like a shot of alcohol. Um, and DayQuil makes you feel like you're like on speed, but like completely incoherent. <laughs> it's weird. That's if you're like sick. They you know? don't. don't they, so but they basically fix your sore throat by like making you a drug addict. Yeah, more or less. They sort of they they sort of suppress the <laughs> symptoms, and then you feel like. Like I don't know. The best way I can describe it is my head feels like a balloon when I take like Dayquil specifically. Like I feel super spacey and just can't concentrate. It's just really weird. All you want to do is fall asleep, but it makes you wide awake. So you can't. <laughs> it's just a, it's a really <laughs> odd feeling. Awful. Yeah. And the NyQuil tastes nasty, but it like knocks, it knocks me out anyway. So I like take that and I'll just fall right to sleep. But then in the morning I feel like, drugged out and shit just like super drowsy but yeah i don't know that's interesting i figured uh you guys would have nyquil and dayquil it's what well, we can to do but it's like beer here. so it's like beer yeah <laughs> <laughs> i guess that works <laughs> <laughs> that's why we're all yeah, we, drinkers we're just we're just fixing our medical problems we've all got a cold <laughs> Yeah, we pretty much we have medicine. It's just called beer. <laughs> oh god! No private health care for that, though. Unfortunately, can't pay like twenty pounds a month and just get endless prescriptions of Budweiser. It doesn't work. I've tried. 
that's funny. <laughs> All right. Well, fires are still going. Uh, the world is still the same. So we're just going to jump right in here because I don't want to talk about any depressing crap of the world today. Oh, I have something exciting. Oh, you do. Finally. Okay. Hey, do you mean finally? (laughs) I'm just trying to get it now. I have become a blending wanker. That's my smoothie. I've got a blender. I treated myself to a blender and then I spent two weeks on Pinterest and now I can make any concoction that you'd like, ever, with nice. frozen fruit cool. and going off fruit that's like 20p. And I feed it to Very people cool. at work. And I don't know if they like it or not, but they've stopped telling me not to. <laughs> so <laughs> She's not going to listen. Just pour it in the trash can. I, <laughs> I just keep pouring it into the cups and just standing there demanding that they drink it. So. <laughs> Bunch of guinea pigs. You're just testing your, your different concoctions on them, huh? Well, I told them that I'm keeping them safe from COVID because everything that I blend has got spinach in it. And that's good spinach. for your immune system. So <laughs> actually, I'm providing a really good service for them. It's not my fault they're ungrateful. Okay. Well, I mean, you know, you could put more tastier things in it like oranges. That's also good for your immune system. <laughs> they're not having oranges. They're having 60p bags of spinach. <laughs> <laughs> I guess fruit fruit's rather expensive, so <laughs> Yeah. Oh my god. Poor Street gets like goes to work every morning and everybody just kind of gathers round to see what shade of monkey green he's got to drink today. <laughs> <laughs> and then I came come in with mine, which is always like red or pink or something that doesn't look like vomit. <laughs> And that's what I dish out to people. So, you know, it could be worse. Nice. They could be getting the kale and broccoli special. I don't know. Spinach is, I mean, I like spinach when it's like, you know, for dinner or something like with steak or so. I don't know about it in a smoothie. You know, we we did do, um, they call it juicing. We we did a, a smoothie sort of like cleanse thing. I think it was like for a week or something like that. And that was horrible. I mean, really? It was just so bad. Yeah, and it's like there's onions and carrots and all kinds of stuff, apples and I don't know, you name it. And and depends on the the one that you have. There's like several different recipes, but it 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 works though. Um, it like cleanses your your palate and and sort of resets your taste buds. Because after we did that, it's, that's all you would do is do the these juice drinks. And then after you're done and you would go in, you know, try to eat regular food again, um, everything tasted different, not in a good way either. Oh, really? Um, yeah, everything was like super salty or super sweet or it was just like you could – taste it again for the first time almost like it was just everything was amplified in in like a bad way was it like being Um, unplugged from the matrix and then replugged back into it i guess that's a good way to explain it yeah it's like being unplugged from your taste buds (laughs) (laughs) yeah and i mean there was this one that had onions in it man it would make my eyes water it was so awful and it was so hard to drink (laughs) i can't imagine i think i draw the line at like drinking an onion I'm all down for the smoothie life, but I think drinking an onion is where I'd have to say no. (laughs) It's an experience. So, yeah, I'm so into juicing. uh, I might even start a Facebook page so that people can see my absolutely (laughs) ridiculous attempts because everyone's dead everyone's dead posh. They're like, oh, you get soya milk and almond milk and all this dead fancy <laughs> stuff. And I'm just looking at my cupboard going, well, that's out. <laughs> that's out. I've got some porridge well, oats. <laughs> you, should, uh, you should do like a YouTube channel where, you know, it's just a very short video, like just like 15, 20 seconds or whatever. You'll make something and then just shoot street trying it and just seeing the look on his face whether he likes it or not. And that's it. Just You, you could have just like a hundred different videos of just his reaction to taking a sip <laughs> I would watch that I'm just saying I would watch that I think to be fair 
I could involve people at work, couldn't I? I could expand this and be like... Sure, yeah, it could be anybody, of Reaction two, <laughs> reaction three. Yeah. Various doses. <laughs> that could be great, yeah. You can be done with your cell phone, whatever. Just upload these little quick little clips and people will know whether to try that or not. And then you could post your recipe. <laughs> I don't even do measurements. I looked at the first recipe was like, what the hell? I don't even have a measuring jug. A handful of that. <laughs> Two handfuls of that. <laughs> One whole avocado going in there. <laughs> yeah. Shawnee's kind of the same way. She, well, she's she started measuring stuff more, but she's, she's pretty good at like, I guess, eyeing it and sort of deciding how much of what to put in stuff. But uh, sometimes it doesn't work out, but she, she's gotten pretty good at that. I am not good at eyeballing it at all. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not either. I'm not either. I go in and try to make something, like, and I just, like, make way too much. And I'm like, oh, well, I don't know. <laughs> Oopsie. Like, yeah. We're putting in seasoning and stuff. It's like, I don't know, I practically just dumped the container in there. I did that the other day with chili flakes, thinking I was being dead smart. <laughs> I was not. <laughs> Let everybody on fire. <laughs> Pretty much. Even Street didn't yeah. eat it and refuses to give it to the dog in case he dies, so. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to be blamed for that. No. <laughs> oh. Oh, so that was exciting. All right, speaking, speaking of the drinks, I guess, let's let's get into our, uh, our drink of the night here. All right. This one is called Angel Face. Ooh. And I think you'll like it because it has your favorite. Uh, has your favorite. <clears throat> so an Angel Face is one ounce of gin. Yay! One ounce of apricot. <laughs> I knew that's coming. Uh, one ounce of apricot brandy. One ounce of, uh-oh, Calvados. I don't know what that is. Calvados. I'm, yeah, Calvados. I don't know. I don't know what an ounce of Calvados. You ever heard of it? Nope. I'm going to take it as a no. <laughs> nope. Calvados. <laughs> All right. C-A-L-V-A-D-O-S. Calvados. Sounds like a posh no chocolate. All right. So you... Hell if I know. Add ice and water to a cocktail glass to chill the glass. Add ice to the tin side of a Boston shaker. Now, here we go. In the mixing glass, add gin, apricot brandy, and Calvados. Pour the contents of the mixing glass into the ice tin. Secure the glass to the tin. Shake the contents until the ice sounds different. And the contents are cold. Open the Boston shaker. Empty the cocktail glass and strain the contents of the shaker into the empty glass and serve. I'm going to have to look up what Calvados is. I do not have that. But that's an angel face. And I doesn't it doesn't tell me why it's called an angel face, but it sounded kind of uh, noir gangstery, So I picked it for tonight's uh, Yeah, I like it. I think that's movie. a good shout. Depending what Calvados is, I'd possibly... Oh, here yeah, they are. I'm gonna, is an apple or pear it? brandy from Normandy in France. Oh, Apparently. so a brandy, a brandy and gin. Interesting. All right, that could be good. Oh, I like brandy. I'm so I'm not sold well, on like I apple mean, brandy yet, but well, it's two, it's two different kinds of brandy and gin. So you got apricot brandy and the Calvados is what kind of brandy? Uh, it said apple or pear brandy. Oh, interesting. Well, apricot pretty much is uh, like a peach, right? I think so. So. Oh, it'd be quite fruity. Out. Yeah, it would be, I guess. <clears throat> well, that might be pretty good. Oh, right, well, you can you buy it, it on Amazon. You should buy yourself some. I will. I will. I will buy myself some. Maybe I'll buy you some. You're just going to have like a box of alcohol show up at your door. <laughs> I would love that. That would be like the best thing. That would be <laughs> Christmas all at once. As long as there's no soda water or bitters, right? Yeah. Leave that shit out the box. And no that's, cherries. That's taking up valuable room. 
Oh yeah, I don't blend cherries. I don't force cherries on anybody. There. Yeah, that's too bad. <laughs> All right, there you go, Angel Face. And uh, now, uh, let's see. How do we do this? See, I already forgot how. To, I, I gotta get back in the swing of like our format here. Trailer. Let's see. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, now for tonight's movie, we're going to be discussing the film The Man Who Wasn't There. There's the butch or the hiney, the flat top, the ivy, the junior contour, and occasionally the executive contour. Me, I don't talk much. I just cut the hair. You say he was being blackmailed. By who? You don't know. For having an affair. With who? You don't know. Did anyone else know about it? Probably not. You don't know. You want to test something. You know, scientifically, how the planets go around the sun, why the water comes out of the tap. You got to look at it. But sometimes you look at it, your looking changes it. My life has dealt me some bum cards. Or maybe I just haven't played them right. I don't know. Life is just so damn wonderful, you almost won't believe it. They put their pants on one leg at a time, just like you and me. You keep your mouth shut. I'm an attorney. You're a barber. You don't know anything. I'm not proud of what I did. What kind of man are you? Science, perception, reality, doubt, reasonable doubt. I'm saying is sometimes the more you look, the less you really know. Editing is gonna have to happen. Oh, dang. <laughs> All right. Some of these you gotta take over and do this part. <laughs> <laughs> Don't think that's gonna be any better. <laughs> it doesn't matter. At least it won't be me. <laughs> <laughs> I'll pass in the book as usual. Yep. <laughs> You're never taking it though. All right, so that was the trailer for The Man Who Wasn't There, a 2001 film, uh, crime thriller. Uh, no, not a crime thriller. I don't know why I said thriller. It's not a crime thriller because there's, yeah, there's no excitement in this movie. It is a crime film uh, written and produced and directed by Joel and Ethan Cohen. Uh, the film stars Billy Bob Thornton uh, and um, one of my beloved character actors who I just, I, I think he's amazing is Tony Shalhoub. Um, and Scarlett Johansson, who I don't personally care for. I don't know why I'm throwing in all my opinions while I'm trying to uh, let you guys know what movie we're watching, but I am. <laughs> you go for it. You roll. <laughs> and James Gandolfini, um, who's always, you know, fun to see. Um, and another personal favorite of mine, uh, John, uh, Polito, uh, who's a character actor who shows up in a lot of things. Um, and I just think he's fantastic. He's also great in this movie. Uh, Don't forget yeah, Francis so the man McDormand. Who, who? Don't forget Francis McDormand. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes. And Francis McDormand. Yes. Who could forget her? I, I didn't. To be fair, I didn't know oh. that she was in it until she randomly popped up. I was like, oh, brilliant. Quite like her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's she's a great actress. Um, I I don't know what to say. I'm gonna let you take over the reins of this film. Um, oh, really? Because I feel like if I do it, I'm gonna bash it the whole time. Not that yeah. I not that I disliked it. It's just it just it. 
it's one of those types of film that I really want to like it, but I just don't really care for it. That's really surprising because I thought you were going to be mad at me. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Well, for a perfect point, I was trying for about two days to write the famous synopsis in a nutshell. And the only thing that I have is probably more cryptic and mysterious than the film. (laughs) We got to, we got to do that though. We got to do your synopsis. So let's go ahead and do that first before we even get into, uh, I guess, talking crap about the man who wasn't there. I mean, it's hard to talk crap about somebody who's not there because, you know, you feel like you're talking behind his back. (laughs) Don't worry. I don't think he minds. um, (laughs) Oh, it's a sound effect. I know. Uh, I don't have it. Well, I can do this. I can do this while you're doing your, your, uh, in a nutshell. Okay. Hey, ready to go? Okay. I don't know what I'm talking about now. Okay. I'm going to press the button. Here we go. And now it's time for Carly's super famous in a nutshell synopsis. Oh, good lord. <laughs> He's quite so dramatic. You gotta, <laughs> you, gotta, like... you gotta do your voice the properly, you know, to go along with piano. Um, I don't think I can do that, so maybe you re edit it in well, your You can freaking try. No, I'll but So, okay. <laughs> I feel like this is. Here, okay, how about let's do this one? We'll do this one. Here we go. Okay, right, I'll try, I'll try, are you ready? Hi. I'm ready. Contrary to popular opinion, this is not a film about a plan that goes wrong. But what happens when life stops you from living and stops a film from being interesting, even remotely? (laughs) Did that work? It made me laugh. Of course it worked. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really know what happened. I don't, I don't. I was really invested in the murder bit, and then like him actually having been—oh, spoiler alert—having actually been the murderer, and then her taking the flak, and him trying to take the flak, and then the lawyer being like, "Don't be so stupid. We can't work with this." <laughs> and then that sort of went away, and then he's trying to shop. Scarlett Johansson as a bloody piano player. <laughs> What's that about? And then she didn't even get know. the gig because he crashed the freaking car and then got electric ride. I don't... I was very lost <laughs> with the last sort of 40 minutes. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, I'm I'm right there with you. Um, I mean, I did like it so much. I loved it so much for about a solid hour. I was really engrossed, and then I realized, mm-hmm. what the hell is going on here? Yeah, it's it's a strange. Well, you know, it, the Cohen brothers are known for their oddities, <laughs> but this movie was just. Uh, it's so strange because it's so well shot. So well acted, great direction. Characters were really good as well. Yeah, absolutely. It, it it just the script. It was just didn't know. It seemed like it just had no purpose. Like it didn't know where it wanted to go or why. And this movie is well regarded. People like this movie a lot, and I I sort of get it. I guess um, it was you know kind of smack dab in the middle of the Coen Brothers like uh, you know heyday. Like they were the most popular. Um, but uh, well, oh brother, where art thou is one of the funniest films ever. Oh, it's funny, yeah, it's hilarious, yeah. Um, but uh, I don't know, they this they had a great setup and everything, but then it just sort of like at some point you just don't care anymore, yeah. I think that's very accurate, yeah. You don't care what what happens to him, no, because I mean, it's like it, it seemed like no matter what he does something worse is going to happen, I guess. But, um, he, he, I, I get like the character and being sort of disconnected and, you know, the quiet type who's sort of happily unhappy, I guess, but I, I don't really know. I just, I, I feel like there's not enough to latch on to, like give a shit about him. And he has got the face of just film noir, hasn't he? Billy Bob Thornton is made for something like that. Sure. He just looks like yeah, yeah. he's just stepped out of a TV 
series from the 50s or he he should be amazing and we should really care but because not mm-hmm. really a lot's going on you just think why are you being so why yeah, leave the girl no... alone what are you doing <laughs> yeah and i mean i feel like billy bob thornton like started a little too late you know he, he always everything he's in he it, to me feels like he's a little older than he should be for the character um but he's always great in everything that he does. Oh yeah, um, definitely. And, and there's so many great, like classic kind of noir tropes in this that it just it just goes off the rails. I mean, just the whole and, and certain things are just not well communicated. I guess. Um, like I understand that he thinks his wife is cheating with her boss and that sort of thing, but it's just not well communicated until it's like set kind of thing. Um, mm. And just, there's a lot of things throughout the movie that are like that. Uh, and I don't know if it's just sort of that not spoon feeding information to people or whatever, but still it sort of creates an air of confusion um, that's unnecessary um, because it's so early on in the movie where you learn certain things that it just doesn't, you know, there's no mystery to that. Um, so I, I don't know. I, I think it's, yeah, it's just unnecessarily confusing for certain things and then it feels it's almost a like, like let's see together. Yeah. And, and I think part of that just comes from like it, it, the movie feels like they're just throwing ideas at a wall to see what kind of sticks and it feels random, um, which I guess life can feel random, but you know, in a movie like this, it's sort of, there's no real structure, I guess. And it makes it uninteresting because it it just feels like one event is just trying to top the other event, but not necessarily necessary, <laughs> I guess. Yeah. Because, I mean, there's no the arc. Why, there's really no. No, he doesn't grow or yeah. change or anything. Um, mm. No. And no. I, was, I was really enjoying the, the, the first half of it. And I thought when he black, decided to blackmail his wife and his friend to get the money. It's just absolute fucking genius. And he's just so deadpan mm-hmm. and just uninterested about it. I think he's just fantastic. Yeah. But then it was after, after the murder and then after sort of when he starts hiring the lawyer, that's when it started to be a bit, that's when it started to split off into a, into another film because I loved all the voiceover mm-hmm. before then. I thought it was fantastic. I was completely sucked in by what it looked like visually. I thought, I mean, Frances McDermott mm-hmm. could read the bloody phone book to me and I'd give her an Oscar. I think she's fantastic. And she, her character <laughs> was brilliant because you didn't hate her. Nothing, there was no reason, even though she was horrible to him, there was no, there was nothing there that made you hate her. You still were just like, well, he's a bit boring. So to be honest, I don't know. That came yeah, a bit later I mean, on. I don't know. I, I disagree with that. I, I don't think she was a great person. I, I He didn't do anything wrong to her. Well, you know, he didn't. Maybe he's boring. Speak. I mean, he spent, what, two-thirds of the film in silence. And I tell you what, the amount of money they yeah. must spend on cigarettes, I don't think he saw one. I saw him without one in his bloody hand. Can you imagine taking him to a party? <laughs> Christ almighty. Especially when people yeah. are trying to ask him questions. He's like, I don't work here. That's it. <laughs> what are you doing here, mate? Yeah, but I don't, I don't – as far as her character, though, I mean, I don't think that warrants her, like, cheating on him and, like, I mean – I'm not advocating cheating people. I just – I think that – but I think that makes her, like, a horrible fucking person and I don't like her. And you're like, yeah, I didn't really not like her. No, <laughs> like, you know what? Yeah, I didn't like her at all. And then she's, like, her racial slurs, her own, like, her own nationality – like, oh, that weird! I mean, that's that funny. Weird wedding, that weird wedding set yeah. where she got just drunk and just insulted everybody. Yeah, I mean, it's all her family, and it's, it's funny, but it's like obviously she's a horrible person for some reason. <laughs> well, I didn't realize and that she so I, it wasn't so that she drank or anything before that, and then all of a sudden it turned out she was like some mad alcoholic. Yeah, yeah. The, their their character development, or at least the placement of certain things, weren't wasn't great. It didn't really like the characters didn't evolve in like a normal sort of setup and payoff. I think, and again, I think that comes to the script writing where it just seems like what ideas stick and what don't. Uh, I, I think it just feels like, oh yeah, let's make her an alcoholic. Okay, so she's drinking in this scene. 
And maybe that adds to something else, but it doesn't really go anywhere. You know, none of that stuff ever really goes anywhere. Um, you know, and even the suicide thing seems like it was uh, sort of out of <clears throat> character, or at least there was no setup for for that. Like, why would she be suicidal? I mean, she didn't even gone to trial yet. I can understand if she got convicted, but to not even wait for that to happen didn't make any sense. Yeah, it did almost um, seem like they're just trying to cut loose do, that character I, so that another one could come in. Yeah, it almost feels like everybody was on contract for a couple days. So they had to figure out like <laughs> how to use them <laughs> the best in the most scenes over the time that they had them for and then kill them off. Like John Polito, same thing. It's like I was expecting to see him again, but then like yes, him getting killed off screen and then yeah, we just see him dead in his car for a second. And it's just like, it, it's weird because it almost seems like that for all the characters. Uh, James Gandolfini the same way. Uh-huh. Um, you know, Tony Shalhoub, you see him in the restaurant in the courtroom. <laughs> you know? I, yeah, I was um, really disappointed not to see him more. Yeah. Really um, disappointed. And the, everybody is so fantastic, you know, but it's just... I don't know, man. I think they, I think they let this one um, down with with the script because there's so many great like setups and ideas and characters and actors and you know just the style and the the choice to make it in black and white and I mean, why should we ever give a shit about this second chair barber? <laughs> you know. <laughs> And, and I feel like they, they said that to themselves. They're like, yeah, why would anybody care about this? I don't know. Let's not make him interesting. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I don't know. And then this He's a pretty Johansson impressive character. barber, though, to be fair. He can cut people's hair when they're moving around talking to him. So Yeah, I thought he was going to like, like stab Polito <laughs> in, in the head <laughs> He comes in with the with the hairpiece and stuff, and he's like trying to cut his hair, and he keeps jerking his head around, talking to him. And I'm just like, guy, he's gonna stab him or something. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, I I think that it was a little bit later for me that I felt that it turned into a different movie. Um, I felt like when they really started playing up the Scarlett Johansson character, uh, I, what was her name, Birdie or something? Birdie, yeah. Um, Birdie, yeah. Um. It that's where it sort of like went off the rails for me. It just didn't make sense to me. And again, it's like I I don't know. It it just felt forced and weird. And I understand him wanting a new career and somehow latching on to like this weird sort of midlife crisis, uh, uh-huh. becoming infatuated with the younger girl kind of thing. But it just got a little creepy because she's a teenager. So, hey, Carly, why don't we take a break and listen to an ad from one of our sponsors? You're listening to the Speakeasy Noir Cast, the show that brings you binge drinking with a side of noir, with your hosts, Carly Street and Jason D. Morris. Maybe, yeah, maybe if it was introduced sooner, yeah. If, if she was more familiar to him, and you saw the interaction, mm-hmm. and then obviously when his life started falling apart, he may not naturally gravitate towards her, but that you can see where his mind's sort of going from there. But he met her like once and then suddenly was her manager and pretty much in love with her and driving her to God knows where. And it just, just too short a space of time just seemed to have passed for there to be anything there to warrant any of these actions or anything that he's trying to do there was just i just couldn't understand that that relationship just came across like you said as just odd and weird unless yeah, that was the point. it really well i mean it may be but it doesn't make it work um it, it almost felt like like the scene where he's at the party at the <laughs> again the silliest stupidest name for a store but nerdin nerdin felders or what the hell was the name of the store I've no idea. Anyway. <laughs> it was so silly. But when he goes upstairs and she's playing the piano, that whole scene just felt like it was like sort of retconning their relationship. Like they were just like, uh, so we want him to later on 
have this weird relationship with this girl. So let's give them some backstory here. And it just felt really strange. And we needed to see her earlier in the movie and needed to see like, you know, maybe they should have had the scene where she comes into the store with her dad or whoever it was that he was cutting hair of, you know, and get that sort of thing going. But it was just, it was just all just odd. And him latching onto the music thing when he knows nothing about music is odd and just so many things. And it's like, I kind of understand it from his perspective in a way, but just the way that they handled it and brought story elements like that in abruptly uh, made it not work. So it's not like the idea behind it uh, doesn't work. It's just, they didn't do it delicately and it just feels forced. You know, everything after, you know, that point feels forced. The the car wreck, the her coming onto him in the car was just sort of like out of the blue. Obviously, it's like they set it up to where they make you feel like he wants to have this like sort of unnatural relationship with her. But they don't allude to that from her in any way, shape or form until in the car. And it's just like, whoa, what? Yeah, it's like she just got possessed by a banshee, a demon spirit or something like that and was a completely different character for like two minutes. Yeah, it was just really strange. Um, and I don't know. And none of that needed to happen. He ends up getting arrested for, you know, the murder anyways, and nothing related to any of that stuff. You know, it feels like they were like sort of taking elements of American beauty and just sort of like forcing it into. I, I very much got story. an American beauty vibe, but I didn't know if that was just me. No, it's it's there. It's just not done well, I guess. Um, so I don't know. It was just it's a really strange movie. I wanted to like it. It has all the right elements. Just just wasn't wasn't done well. I have to say though, the, you know? the car crash I think was was I really like that. You're probably not, but I really really like that because I thought the spinning wheel trim and the weird hair monologue and the way that they did that was very, like, very noir. I really like that. I felt it was interesting with the exception of... The weird flashback. The, yeah, the, where you see the rim in the darkness and then it goes into the flashback and then comes back. I thought it was a little silly. But the car crash and everything, I thought was fine. There's nothing... Yeah, that was good. Um, but... Yeah, it's just a weird flashback, and I, and I don't know. <laughs> Did you like the two cops? I thought they were brilliant. By the end, I, I, was, I was just waiting for them to come back. <laughs> they yeah, were so they, great when they were like t- taking turns on like who's going to do this shit detail yeah. and give bad news. We were sent. We were sent to do this. I just want you to know that. <laughs> <laughs> and then he's like, "Oh, Phil's got some bad news for you." <laughs> Moves out the way. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I feel like they needed their own movie. <laughs> oh, they would be brilliant. You know, you know that Thirty Rock scene where uh, is it? I think it's Liz Lemon's dead sad on the floor, and Alec Baldwin's like there with a brush, like there, there. <laughs> just yeah. reminded me of that <laughs> when they're like, "Sorry, got bad news." I was just waiting for him to get a brush out and just be like, "There, there." <laughs> Life's in jail. <laughs> <laughs> 30 Rock is, is hilarious. I love that show. <laughs> yeah, I could I could see that. Uh they yeah, I definitely think they could have used their own movie. Or the movie could have centered around them. They were they were funny. And it was that's a great little scene, you know, that again just kind of goes nowhere. Like they don't really come back at all. It it doesn't I mean I Other think than to ask him eighteen time. times if he's awake. Right at the yeah. end. Yeah. Yeah, and that's it. I mean just I don't know. I don't know. And I, I just don't. The the ending and the whole idea of him writing the the article for the, the magazine and all that kind of stuff. It's like, who, who really cares? His story is not really that interesting. Is it, did weird shit happen? Yeah. But it's like they found the most boringest way to tell you about all this weird stuff that happens. Yeah. You know, it just it made it. I don't know. What'd you say at the end of your synopsis? What'd you call it? <laughs> <laughs> Stop an, an interesting. 
and being interested well, in any way. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, it's perfect. I, I think I, I was, would have really liked if this really boring sort of non-existent character had actually got away with murder in the end through clever means. Yeah. And if we'd have skipped out that whole chunk after his wife dies of this weird Scarlett Johansson stuff, she's not necessary. Mm-mm. If he'd have, if he'd have maybe just got away with it or neatly tied it together so that he did get away with it and then sort of, I don't know, even if it's a bit cliche, went off to kind of go and start a new life somewhere. I think I would have yeah, liked opened that. opened his dry cleaner business. Yeah, I think I would have liked that damn, damn sight more and it would probably be getting a 10 out of 10. Yeah, I, I think that had they cut, like you said, cut out all the Scarlett Johansson stuff, cut out him getting arrested yeah, if he if because the the thing with the the movie is that he does these things and he does get away with it, and it's kind of funny because he shouldn't get away with it. Like he goes and kills uh, the James Gandalf Keen. What what do they call him? Big guy or something? What the hell's the character's name in here? Name. Big Dave. Big Dave Brewster. Yeah, Big Dave. Um, he goes and kills him. And he's like, he's got fingerprints everywhere. Go- By that time, yeah. yeah, it's crazy. You know, fingerprints well, on the knife, fingerprints on the door. Um, <laughs> right? We know that they've got fingerprints and they can get them in 30 minutes. So, yeah, <laughs> I mean, there, he's not going to get away with it. Do they even check? <laughs> No, he makes zero attempts. He doesn't even take the murder weapon with him. He takes zero attempts to, like, be inconspicuous in any way, shape, or form. But we're supposed to believe that somehow they figured out that his wife is cooking books for the guy? Like, where did that come from? His fingerprints off the freaking knife. (laughs) Yeah. I'm like, okay, so they found a dead body and they decided to go through the books? Like, how did that happen? (laughs) It made no sense. And, and and we're talking like no time passed. It's the next day. <laughs> the next day, his wife's arrested for cooking the books and murdering him. And it's like, what? <laughs> it didn't make I mean, any sense whatsoever. He spent all that money on the lawyer. I think he needed to get a refund, to be honest. Oh, yeah. He was going to get a refund from that guy. <laughs> My God. I thought it was hilarious how he's like uh, – what did he say? Uh, mistrial. And he's like, what? And he's like, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Shh. <laughs> doesn't up. come back for the actual trial. <laughs> Just like, I got you off. <laughs> I got a mistrial. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So silly. <laughs> it's a shame. It's a shame to me. I mean, you know, a lot of people like it though. Like I said, I think it's like got like an eighty-three or eighty-five percent on Rotten Tomatoes, something like that. And um, Coen Brothers obviously are good directors, good writers, and all that. But I think this was unfortunately a miss for me. And it's one of it's it's one of their few films um, that I was looking forward to seeing, um, and just it just didn't you know do it for me. I didn't see this when it originally came out. Um, so this is my first time watching it, but I was really looking forward to it. Do you know what? And this is really sad and shows my age, but I'm pretty sure that between this, I was in Blockbuster Video, and I think my mum would let me rent one film, and it was either this uh-huh. one or The Singing Detective, and I chose The Singing oh, Detective, you... no, and not this yeah, one. That, that's that Robert Downey Jr.? Yeah. Yeah, that was horrible. Did you like that? I better than this one. <laughs> So oh, I made yeah. a good choice there, to be fair. <laughs> I don't know. I man, I I rented that too. That was uh oh, that was a rough one. <laughs> I wanted it to be good, but it just <laughs> hmm. I'm gonna have to rewatch that though. I remember one scene that I thought was funny, but I think it was at a hospital or I can't remember. But anyway, <laughs> that seemed like a movie that like Steve Martin would be in, not not Robert Downey. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <clears throat> but um yeah and interesting enough i found out that this whole movie concept came from them seeing a poster while they were shooting the hudsucker proxy which i really like the hudsucker proxy i think it's a great film 
Um, but they saw a poster that showed various haircuts from the forties. And that was the spark of inspiration for this movie. <laughs> wow. Yeah. <laughs> That's interesting. So, uh, yeah. I mean, uh, it didn't, it didn't take more a lot interesting to... in the film. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and I mean, there's that great scene in the beginning of the movie where he goes through all the, the haircut styles, you know, of kids, um, which is fun. And that's probably exactly what this poster was showing. But I don't know. And cinematography by Roger Deakins, he's a fantastic cinematographer. Every, everything about this movie should have worked. I think it's just uh, just the script was just not not great. Yeah, all the elements are there, yeah. aren't they? You can't – nobody can knock yeah. if they're not looking or feeling like in the world. Or acting or anything like that. Yeah. Well, that's about all I got to say about it. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I think (laughs) I don't want to upset people more than we already have. (laughs) Yeah. And, I mean, a lot of people like it, so maybe we're wrong. Maybe Maybe we're just – maybe we're looking – maybe we're just not getting it. Maybe it's one of those films that – maybe it's like Dark Winter. You either get it or you don't. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, maybe we're just not getting it. I don't know. It got a best director award at the Cannes Film Festival, but it, uh, it, 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 for some reason, it says sharing the prize with David Lynch for Mulholland Drive, which I really like Mulholland Drive. Um, so I don't know what that's about. I don't, I guess two films could win (laughs) or something for best director. I don't know. (laughs) Um, it's weird. <clears throat> yeah. I but anyway. Know. All right. Carly, why don't you uh, give us your rundown for your rating on this flop of a movie? <laughs> wow. See, I don't want to be too harsh because I don't like being mean. And Wait, do we have to do this again? Maybe. You need some You're really awful. <laughs> because I'm the person that that you know defended Titanic two on Amazon. <laughs> so uh, we shouldn't you, we shouldn't talk about that. <laughs> so I feel quite bad giving this a low score knowing that, but uh, <laughs> um, I feel like I'm zoning in on like a like a four. A four or a five. Oh my gosh. And that's because I really, really liked the first hour. I thought the first hour was great. It was just uh-huh. after that little bit that just it deteriorated for me. But the first hour was really good. It was just mm-hmm. the rest of it. That's funny. Yeah. Is that it? Yeah. Not much to say, huh? It's hard. It's harder when, when you don't like the movie. Yeah, because I don't want to be unnecessarily rude about elements that I don't understand or that I'm not getting mm. that might be genius. It's, right. it's our show. We can we can be as uh, <coughs> unintelligent as we want to be. <laughs> I will be as I will be as silly as I please. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was surprised. I, I gave it a four as well. Um, oh, okay. And yeah, the four is strictly there because of style and the acting. Um, the actors that they chose, their acting is incredible and the style, the, the direction of cinematography, but the script to me is so bad that it just couldn't go any higher than that. Um, it, it's not even that it's supposed to be like an art house film that makes it that way. It's not, it's not that I don't get the movie. It just wasn't good. Um, it's just too boring. Uh, you know, just uninteresting after a certain point. Yeah. A lot of random, you know, elements that just didn't need to be there, like the the birdie character and all that just didn't just didn't work. So yeah, unfortunately a four as well. Um I'm I'm honestly surprised it's rated so high. Um 
you know, and it was well received by critics and whatnot. But again, I think that just might've been sort of the, um, the height of their career, so to speak. And they were just getting attention. And so who's going to say they made a bad movie or whatnot at the time. Um, but, uh, otherwise, yeah, I just didn't, didn't, this one didn't do it for me. Oh, Alexa's talking to me. Oh, Alexa's not happy with you then for your rating. Yeah, I don't, I don't have a clue what she's talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I said uh, something that triggered her or something. She thinks I'm trying to make a phone call. <laughs> I mean, that's Weird. nice to know that in a crisis, she will attempt to help you make a phone call. <laughs> So, yeah, it looks like uh, this movie got two fours. Some people might say that's an eight, but it's not. We are not those people. <laughs> we, are not, we are not those people. We cannot combine our scores. Nope. Unless it's eight out of 20. <laughs> right, right. Yep. Eight out of 100, maybe. <laughs> All righty, Carly and folks at home. Um that's unfortunately the sad, uh, the sad revelation of the man who wasn't there. It's more like a movie that wasn't there, or shouldn't um, have been, or there. shouldn't have been there. We didn't care if it was. <laughs> yeah. Right, <laughs> that's right. Actually, it's more. It should be the man who wasn't there. It should be the cat, the unnecessary character who shouldn't have the, been there. Shouldn't be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It would have made more sense. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, we hope you guys maybe enjoy the movie more than we did, or maybe you share our same uh, sentiments about it. Um, you can let us know. Uh, you can check us out on Facebook um, or send us a message on Anchor. Um, and, you know, uh, let us know what you thought of the film. You know, personally, I don't, I don't like coming across a movie that I don't like. No, I don't. It's rather depressing. I feel like Billy Bob Thornton in this film, discussing this film. <laughs> God, if you start picking up some hair clippers, it's time to worry. <laughs> <laughs> Take the scissors out of his hand, Cody. <laughs> <laughs> All right, folks. Until next time. Bye-bye. He's looking at you, kid. Thanks for joining us this week on the Speakeasy Noircast. Make sure to visit our website, resurrectionfilms.net, where you can subscribe to the show on iTunes, Stitcher, or any of your favorite podcast apps so you'll never miss a show. While you're at it, if you found value in the show, we'd appreciate a rating on iTunes, or if you'd simply tell a friend about the show, that would help us out too. If you like the show, you might want to check out our book, The Dark Side of Acting Up, and The Dark Side of Acting Up Volume 2, now available on Amazon. Or you can check out one of our films, also available on Amazon Prime. Be sure to tune in next week for another episode of the Speakeasy Noircast.